0: Good evening, sportzonians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Agley-Laurel. I am your host for this is Zone. We're recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. Of course, we are rebroadcast, redistributed through all our various podcasting outlets, so we thank you for joining us, no matter how you join us, whether it's Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. Always thank you guys for listening to us. And we got a good show for you tonight. We will be joined by Dave Hastings and Eric Tressler in a matter of moments. Pretty sure we'll get an Eric Pfeiffer, Larry Schmelrow sighting. Because um, there is playoff hockey to talk about, so I'm sure he's going to come a running for that. Uh so we have that we obviously have the NFL draft to talk about which took place uh starting last Thursday through last Saturday a lot of goings on with that one um Cowboys did not come out of it uh with high grades the Giants definitely did I know the Jets definitely did more player trades in what has been an absolutely ridiculous offseason so far with Hollywood Brown being traded from the Ravens to the Arizona Cardinals. A.J. Brown uh, traded from the Tennessee Titans to the Philadelphia Eagles. And then, of course, the news came out yesterday. DeAndre Hopkins suspended for the first six games of the NFL season uh, due to testing positive for PDs, which was a stunner to everyone. So we got that. We got the basketball playoffs to talk about. We are in the second round now for... I do believe everyone, uh, you got the heat taken on the Philadelphia 76ers. who have had to play a few games without Joel Embiid and the heat currently lead that series, one, nothing Boston Celtics after their sweep of the nets are now up one, nothing over the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, so we have that and, uh, okay. Um, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I have the Met game on in the background. We'll get into that in a little while. Celtics up one nothing over the Milwaukee Bucks. And in the Western Conference, you have the Phoenix Suns up 1-0 over the Dallas Mavericks. And the Golden State Warriors up 1-0 over the Memphis Grizzlies. So you have that. And uh, correction, the Bucks actually have the 1-0 lead over the Boston Celtics. So my fault on that. And I'm sure we'll get into all that. We have baseball to talk about. And uh, I'll tell you this. I'm not going to overreact to anything that happened this past week when it comes to my New York Mets. I'm not going to do that because, you know, we're in the middle of a series against the Atlanta Braves right now. The Braves took the first game yesterday. We have a doubleheader going on right now. The Mets did take the first game of that doubleheader. Uh, Right now they have two men on uh, in the bottom of the first inning uh, with two outs, hopefully. Ooh, 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 excuse me. Oh, give me one second. My Hulu's a little slow here, so let's see this in real time. Dom Smith at the plate. It's a drive to left field. It falls in. Two-run score. Two-run score. Mets are up 2-0 in the bottom of the first inning against the Atlanta Braves, and boy, Dom Smith has had some last few days let me tell you so all right we're waiting for Eric and Dave to come in so we'll talk about the week that was here and you know as we start this second game of the doubleheader right now um where, where is it I can go in like five different directions right now but um Mets have a 17 and 8 record on the season and give some props to the Yankees, too. They are 17 and 6. So the two New York teams currently have the two best records in baseball right now. The Yankees have percentage points over the Mets because the Mets have played more games. But yeah, right now, you one in two teams in baseball are the Yankees and Mets. So I'm sure we'll talk about the Yankees momentarily when Eric gets here. But you know, something the week started off. They had won the first two games against the Cardinals. We talked about uh, the big victory they had on Monday night. And then the Wednesday game was the game that they lost by a score of 10 to 5. An overriding story for this season has been the fact that the Mets have been hit by more pitches than any team in baseball. And Wednesday, they got a little pissed off about it. He, uh, Yoan Lopez pitched high, and let's be honest, that was not inside. That was slightly inside so arenado overreacts a little bit i love olin uh arenado but god damn it he acted like a little bitch on that one and there was a big brawl we had the combined no hitter on friday uh big win on sunday robbie cano is no longer in new york met he got dfa'd on monday and now we have a series against the braves which the Braves took the first game last night, as I said. We have a doubleheader going on now. The Mets won the first game. They currently have a 2 nothing lead. And I can think of no better time to introduce a certain someone by the name of Eric Pfeiffer. Eric, how you doing?
1: I'm good, Mike. How you doing?
0: I'm, uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm enjoying myself at the moment. I'm enjoying oh, yeah. myself at the moment. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Why is Um, that? Huh? Why is that? Well, it was a very good first game. I don't know if you saw the first game of this doubleheader. I'll tell you, this Brave series is a big test for the Mets. Uh, They didn't do so well last night. Second game, Buck Showalter missed this season. He was suspended for one game because Lopez threw at another guy on um, Sunday. I don't know if you noticed, but the Mets have been hit by more pitches than any team in baseball. And baseball determined that Showalter ordered Lopez to throw at – kyle schwarber in retaliation uh so he was suspended for last night's game Owen two in those games uh today's a little different Today's a little different still a big test still a big test last i actually game. did
1: know that too by the way that they had been oh you did but yeah i did know that okay. and i find it a little bit ridiculous that uh the mlb would suspend their manager uh I'll eventually you know you got to start going back man that's what do you my mean? opinion well, I mean. The, oh, the, oh,
0: I get it. I, I'm sorry. I, I get what you're saying now.
1: Yeah, I find Here's, that to be ridiculous. I mean, your team has been yeah. has been pounded at the plate by pitches mm-hmm. all year three. long. Well, for what short of a season it's been so far.
0: The Mets are going go to
1: suspend the manager whose team's been getting whacked. Like you know, he's yeah. looking out for his guys, and that's a good way for him to get those guys on his side even more.
0: Yeah, I, the Mets have taken three headshots this season. Two to Pete Alonso, one to Francisco Lindor. And nobody's gotten – nobody's had to go on the IL or anything like that just yet. We've gotten lucky. Pete Alonso is a fucking beast. He got in a car accident the month before the season started. The car rolled four times. He kicked the windshield out and walked away without a scratch, and he's taking two headshots.
1: Well, you know me. When I saw that the Mets were leading the NL East – what was it? I looked at that last week, I believe – that makes mm. me happy because it just sets them up for a nice monumental collapse as is. usual there by the is. end of the there,
0: year. There it is. There it is. Listen, I'm not going to beat my chest. I'm not going to say a lot of things. I'm not going to get all mad. You want to go with the, you want to go, listen, you want to go with the stereotype. You
1: know would be me if I didn't say that.
0: You want to go with the stereotype. It keeps us humble. It keeps us grounded. We're doing all right. That's what I'm going to say. But I will also say, I just bought the shirt that Barstool Sport put out. Uh, I don't know if you know the podcast, We Gotta Believe with KFC uh, from Barstool. This team is different. Through the first month of the season, just something feels different. Now, this could horribly blow up in everybody's faces like it normally does. I'm not going not gonna to say it can't. But you, you didn't know they got the combined no-hitter on uh, Friday, right?
1: Yeah, I also know it's a new front office, and you know that makes a big difference. Yes, in it my does. opinion. So, yes, it does. Yeah, I mean, I, I tell jokes, and it's funny to me to say things like that because I can. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like when Ranger fans tell me that the Devils aren't in the playoffs. That you know, hey, listen, you guys have won one cup in my lifetime. It was in nineteen ninety four, and the Devils have won three since. Uh, and it's not like you're making playoff appearances every season. And it's not like you did after ninety four either. So. I love when they talk shit to me because, you know, put a ring on your finger and then come talk to me.
0: You guys have one year three after the Rangers won their one. I'll give you that. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I could throw something else in there. I'm going to keep this classy though, but that's okay. Um, but anyway, going back to what I was saying, and you're absolutely right. New front office makes all the difference in the world. Buck Showalter being the Mets manager, having an adult in the clubhouse, for the first time in five years, is awesome. And Showalter has been everything I could have hoped for and more, in my opinion. But to go back, you did see the um, the combined no-hitter on Friday, right? Or at least you heard not, about it.
1: I did not well, see Well, you heard, heard about, about it, right? About it. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I was moving Friday. Um, it's been yeah. a wild weekend. Actually, my family, my son, my wife, and myself, all three of us have COVID right now. Oh! You okay? Uh, I was it was tough the first day, and then my throat was bothering me a lot. I'm a little congested. My wife's uh, at the beginning stages, first couple days of it. Now my son had a fever of one hundred one point six on Saturday, but we were able to get that down with uh, we alternated Motrin Tylenol, Um, and so he's just a little fussy. You know, you can tell something's up. He's been sleeping a little bit more than normal. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, a little tired, a little fussy, but everybody seems to be on the up and up. Well, my wife's a little sick, but she she's still unpacking and battling through it she's a tough one
0: hey all the best man hope hope you guys are all okay hope you guys are okay man um
1: thank you i appreciate that
0: yeah um i want to go back to the fun now but um yeah that happened uh god i just hope you guys are okay um
1: yeah i'm sorry i didn't mean to be a a downer or anything like that no no no
0: it's it's listen it's it's I, like I said, I just hope you guys. OK, I just listen. This is a sports show. We're going to go back to the sports here. It's just rough to transition from one thing to that uh, out of that. You know what I mean?
1: But that's okay. I, 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 Yeah,
0: well, we're good. Um, we're
1: good. And let's go back to having some fun.
0: Cool. Uh, what I wanted to bring up about the combined no hitter on Friday is I think, you know, it's funny, combined no hitters in baseball don't get the same amount of clout as the solo no-hitter, some people could say maybe they don't count as much. I think it's a perfect statement by this team because this has been a total team effort so far. Talked about the new front office. talk about Showalter being here. The new guys the Mets have brought into this clubhouse, whether it's Scherzer or Mark Canna or Eduardo Escobar, Starlin Marte. Uh, Travis Jankowski, who's been a journeyman player has provided some serious spark off the bench and was very good in the first game of this double header today against the Braves. It's been an entire team effort. Chris Bassett has been very good. So the fact that five guys combined for that no hitter, I just, I just think it's a perfect microcosm of what this team has been this year because everybody is contributing. And if you don't contribute like Robinson Cano, you you're shown the door. Beautiful.
1: Well, and I think uh, combined no-hitters and things of that nature are going to start to become the norm in baseball as guys start yeah. to worry a lot more about pitch count. Uh, not that com- not that com- no-hitters are going to be the norm, but what I mean is like a combined one guy throwing a no-no um, mm-hmm. as, as they are a little bit more aware or worried about pitch count these days. Pulling guys after a certain number, we're not going to see as many full perfect games as we used to.
0: Well, to kind of go on that thread, if you think about it, with the rise of analytics and you know uh, managers and front offices worrying about the pitch count, I'm actually kind of surprised we haven't seen more combined no-hitters over the last two or three years, truthfully. So uh, I don't disagree with you. I'm just surprised we haven't seen more recently. Yeah,
1: yeah I hear that.
0: Uh, yeah, all right. I think, um, I think we can move off of baseball for a little while. I was doing my normal stretching thing, waiting for everybody to show up here. So that's why we kind of started down that tread. Uh, I will say Mets are up two to nothing. It's top of the second inning against the Braves. You guys got two men on. You just made your second out though. So uh, Carrasco's pitching for us tonight. If anybody's been shaky, he's he was good his first three times out. He got killed last week. So and it's the Braves. Tough
1: start to the year for the Braves too. Yeah, I saw. They haven't been lighting the world on fire, you know.
0: I saw a stat yesterday that kind of blew my mind. You guys finished the month of April 10 and 12, and supposedly you were playing the weakest strength of schedule in baseball, whereas the Mets, what was it, 15 7, 15 6, whatever their record was. And they supposedly had the fifth toughest strength of schedule in baseball. That's strange to me. That is very strange.
1: Well, yeah, so. and we all know, I mean, even short in season or not, we all know baseball is about the long haul. Mm-hmm. Um, and being, mm-hmm. play, playing the right kind of baseball in September and October um, is what's important.
0: Yeah, and that's why I will continue to say, the New York Mets, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. <laughs> that's, all I'm, that's all I got to say. Um, all right, I think with that, Would you like to start off with some hockey?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, we had, um, if you'd like, I can get Larry. He's also got the bid.
0: Well, Uh, I got to let Eric in the chat first. I was looking at the other screen, and I guess he's been waiting, so let me let him in. I don't want him being mad. He's here, ladies and gentlemen. Eric, I apologize. I was looking at the other screen. Eric Tressler is here tonight. Eric, how are you doing?
2: Uh, I've had better days and better weeks and better
0: months and better years. Oh. Oh, boy. Anyway, well, well, let's have a little fun here tonight, Eric. Uh, excuse me, Fife. Now, Eric, and now, the, now the other Eric is here, so I have to go back to calling you, Fife. Fife, yes. Why don't you go get Larry Schmelrose?
2: Well, before he gets Schmelrose, actually, he'd probably be interested. I'm actually uh, also I'm kind of co at a function, a different function. I'd almost forgotten about today, um, but somebody who Fife also knew um, had passed away, and they're doing a. a fundraiser tonight for him, a dart tournament that I'm actually going to kind of be bouncing between here and uh, and the uh, charity event. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if Fife knew that, but uh, I know Fife played darts against him and with him for years. So, uh, yeah. Who yeah, was it? Event. Taras Fedorenko. Yeah. yeah.
0: Sorry for you guys' loss.
2: So... But uh, yeah, so not to uh, start a of somber note, but that's kind of uh, just give you guys a little bit of a background where I'm, kind of where I'm spending some time today uh, between, but uh, that and then just other news going on. But anyway, uh, here talks of sports and drafting. I got to tell you one thing that's pumping me up is uh, the draft. I know uh, you guys probably got into it a little bit already. If you haven't,
0: uh, oh, actually, we were talking baseball. We haven't touched. We haven't touched NFL. You
2: You you would do that, by the way. I love you. I love you to death, Mike.
0: Thank you, thank you.
2: Can you bring up the baseball before I get on, knowing that? And listen, I—I'm I, sure it's just a fleeting. Game. Oh, I gave,
0: I gave you a, the uh, fact that yeah. my Yankees are, are are. Oh, I said are, it. Are right I said it. Like the Mets I right said now, it. We're one and two. One and two. I did say right that. There, yes, I
2: mean we are playing just as well. So as hot as the Mets, the Yankees have been just as hot. So I mean, yes. it's uh, it's good time to be a fan of baseball in New York.
0: I did say that, yeah. Well, listen, and you kind of hinted at it. When no one's on and it's just me, I- I'm going to stretch. I'm going to fill some time. What am I going to fill time with? The Mets. Of course. Yeah.
2: That's, that's just, right. just the way you it don't goes. You do have to do too much baseball. To
0: get no, to no, no. We can go, go back to it later. We can go back to it later.
2: you, we're doing
0: so, all right. There you all go. All right. There you go. go. We
2: don't need to do too much more than that tonight. We're just, we're just doing all right. We got a lot of hockey to talk about. I know Schmo's come on. Talk a lot hockey playoffs with us. We got draft to talk about. We yes. NBA playoffs to talk about. Well, I mean, listen, for now, let's start. Wise, we're doing
0: all right. We're doing all right. We can go back to it in a little while here. I say we were going to start off with some hockey here. So, Fife, we'll save the draft for when Dave comes and then we can all talk about it together. Fife, I don't you go get Schmelrose. Rose? He's been waiting long enough.
1: I will, but uh, before I go, Eric, I just want to let you know, since you are a close friend, uh, as I told Mike, I'm not trying to be a downer here. I just figured I'd get it out there since uh, Mike knows already. Is uh, yeah, we, my well, my family and I we moved on Friday, uh, last Wednesday. Starting last Wednesday, was not feeling well. Uh, my son ended up with a fever of 101.6 on Saturday, so my wife and I decided we would take some COVID tests as she started to not feel well, and the three of us uh, have the vid.
2: Oh no! I'm sorry to hear that,
1: my friend. Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling. I'm better. very she, sorry to hear that. I hope, I hope
2: everybody's.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, not Rito, too severe. Yeah, Rito's. I'm feeling better. She's a little down right now. She's in the beginning day or two of it, and uh, Rito seems to be bouncing back. He's just really tired, and he gets a little fussy as the day rolls on, but he seems to be doing just fine. He think he powered through it better than I did, and better than well, she that's is. So. Read the destroyer is destroying the COVID.
2: Nice. It means you got a good immune system, my friend. So I'm happy you here. Mm-hmm.
0: Let us welcome somebody in here as well, because he's here tonight, folks. Dave Hastings is with us tonight.
3: What's going on, gentlemen?
0: How you doing, my friend?
3: I'm above ground. That's a good day.
0: <laughs> I hear that? Listen. It's weird because normally I'm the one who feels that way. I'm the only one kind of in a good mood because I was watching the Met game earlier today. So,
1: Oh, I'm in a great so, mood. Playoff hockey, baby. There you go. All right. Let's do it. Get him. Schmelrose. How's it going, Larry? Schmelrose here.
0: <laughs>
1: What's going on, Schmelrose? How you doing? Not too much. Just sitting on this asshole's new balcony, uh, drinking an Amstel, watching the Rangers game through the door.
0: All right. So let's talk some playoff hockey here. I know you had texted us predictions in our group chat. If you want to go into them a little bit, feel free, my friend.
1: Well, all I'm going to say real quick is I'll recap last night for you. We had four games, uh, eight teams start off last night. Uh, First game of the night was Carolina versus Boston. Um, Carolina beat them up pretty good, five to one. But Carolina should look out because Taylor Hall looked like he was rolling. Last night. So if the rest of that Boston squad can uh, can get rolling, they might be able to make it a series. Uh, The next game that started about 30 minutes later was Toronto Maple Leafs rolled the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, five to nothing. Austin Matthews played a great game. Tampa or Toronto played a great game all around, Um, but they need to be careful because that's the type of series where you can have five nothing wins, but they can go either way. Uh, Their goaltender played really well last night. But again, it can go either way. Tampa can come out and put a five spot on them next game easy tomorrow night. So uh, they just got to try and keep rolling. And uh, I, I think Toronto's going to win that series. Carolina, uh, when so Carolina was up 2 nothing, Boston scored to make it 2 to 1. And Carolina came out and hit everything that moved on the next shift and then just took that game right back. And that's attributed to Rod Brendan Moore's coaching style. It was just. Uh, just watching the physicality of that team, um, you know, Dave asked about dark horses last week. Well, if they can keep up that physicality, that's a definite dark horse. Even though they had a good season, they are, they do have the home ice advantage in the first round. Um, boy, are they a physical team. They're fun to watch. Then you had St. Louis came out, took it to Minnesota. Um, that's a little bit where we talked about where you have a goalie situation where you're not sure who they're going to start. They started uh, Flurry last night. St. Louis won four nothing. David Perron had a hat trick, um, but I think they're going to roll Flurry the next game. I think. As a coach, you use the fact that your team let a future Hall of Fame goaltender kind of get embarrassed in the first game of the playoffs, and you hope it motivates that young, fast squad that they have over there. And then the best game of the night was 4-3 Kings over the Oilers, which was a little bit of a surprise to me. You know, I thought the Oilers were going to be able to take it to them coming out of the gates. Um, But, you know, the Kings beat them 4-3. I didn't get to see that game started late. Uh, I did go to bed pretty early because, like I said, I haven't been feeling well. Uh, But that was a fun night last night. Even though the the first couple games, first three games, weren't very close, it was still a fun night of hockey to watch. Right now, you have the – and for the predictions of those series, I predicted the Wild to beat the Blues, uh, the Hurricanes to beat the Bruins, the Leafs to beat the Lightning, and the Oilers to beat the Kings. So – the two teams two, – uh, two of the teams I predicted to win have lost the first game and two of the teams I predicted to win have won the first game. But it's a long seven-game series, as you guys know, which can go back and forth either way. Right now you have a nothing-nothing start between the Rangers and Penguins. Then you have – I chose the Rangers to win that one. Uh, I'm thinking six games. Okay. And then you have at 7.30 today you have the Capitals against the Panthers. Um Both teams known to let up some goals. I chose the Panthers in that series. Um, I did choose the Panthers to make it all the way to the finals, but we're going to have to see how things go. I might change that in the second round. The only thing I'm going to definitely stick with is my preseason pick, of the Colorado Avalanche, who play the Predators at 930. Um, I really do believe they have the best team in the league. They sort of had a rough end of the season but I think that mentally they're just starting to gear up for playoffs because they're had they the best team in the West by far for a long time. And then the last game of the night starts at 10 o'clock uh, you have the Calgary Flames at home against the Dallas Stars. Dallas is actually a pretty big underdog in this series but that's who I chose to win. I just feel like they're the better playoff team uh, they have good veteran leadership and they have guys in that locker room that they want to win for. Plus, if they can steal one on the road. They're so strong at home. Um, and the games between the two teams have been great. Um, I thought that the way the season was going to end, it was going to be the Preds versus the Flames. Ends up, it's uh, they kind of flip-flop. So the Preds ended up t- uh, placing eighth, second wild-card spot taking on the Avalanche. They're missing UC Soros. He's got a high ankle sprain in the last game. We were just talking about it last week, how he is getting used to being the number one goalie playing 60 plus games in a year. And then he gets a high ankle sprain last game of the year and he's out four to six weeks generally would be a high ankle sprain. So it's looking like he's going to be out for the playoffs um, because I don't see them getting past the avalanche, especially without him being there. Um, And then the stars against the flames. Like I said, I'm choosing the stars to upset. That's I think my only upset pick for the first round. Um, I just like Dallas's team. I like their grit. I think they're a little bigger, a little stronger. You're going to be able to tighten up space on a guy like Johnny Gaudreau, smaller player. And I'm, I'm not sure he's going to be able to figure out how to play in the playoffs. He hasn't yet when they have made the playoffs with him. So we'll see how it goes. Um, should be a great series. Um, but I think the one, as long as Ovi's coming out, I think Ovi's playing. I think Ovechkin's fine. He had an upper body injury third to last game of the year. Um, Those two teams can score uh, as far as the Capitals and the Panthers. They can score and they can let up goals. So that might be a high-scoring series. And then two of the top three scoring lines in the league play in the Stars-Flames game. So that could also make for an exciting series. Uh, But that's pretty much where I'm at there uh, with hockey. If there's anything you guys want to know or if you watched any of the games last night, have any questions, I'd be happy to answer
0: them. I'll let you guys go. You guys got anything?
2: Well, I mean, out of the games you saw last night, who was the one team who impressed you the most?
1: Toronto, far and away. They took it to the back. You know, they're still going to lose
2: that first round series, though, right?
1: You know, I I can't sit here and say that. That's why I picked them to win the series. Uh, Even when you were saying that last week uh look, Tampa knows how to adjust. Tampa is very good at making adjustments. And again, uh, Vasilevsky, I just saw the stat. I can't quite remember, but I believe he's 14-0 and 0 with five shutouts after a playoff loss. That's the Tampa Bay Lightning goalie. So, you know, he looked off last night. You know he's going to come out on his game. You know their coach Cooper is going to make some adjustments, um, and they're going to take it to him. But I think this is a different Toronto team than we've seen in the past. I think they're a little bit more dialed in. Uh, Mitch Marner finally broke his drought. I think it was his first goal and, like, first playoff goal in about 18 games, 18 playoff games. And he's a great player. So he had this, this monkey on his back for the playoffs where, you know, a lot of people are riding him because he wasn't scoring in the playoffs. He finally got one last night against one of the best goalies in the world. So, um I'm thinking, I don't know. I think it's going to be a good series. I think Tampa is going to bounce back. They might tie it up, but I still think Toronto is going to win that series. They're a very good hockey team.
0: And I I don't again, it's it's pretty obvious. I don't know that much about hockey. Toronto is known for blowing series and not that you know, not being able to do it in the big moments, very Mets like. Um, yeah, you would
1: call them the New York Mets of the NHL. Some call them the go, Dallas. Uh, Cow- w- Some call them the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL.
0: Wouldn't go that far. I just said they were Mets like. Uh, <laughs> by but, the way, uh, the Rangers
1: are up one nothing. Adam Fox scored a goal assisted by Kreider and because Zabanajad. Uh, so that's a quick update for you. Rangers up one nothing.
0: All right, Dave. You got anything you want to throw in? Uh
3: can't say I do. Uh it's been a busy couple days, so I haven't had a chance to uh see any NFL or NBA playoffs. Just highlights.
2: Ooh. Okay. And I so out of I, the games tonight, I want to ask one more question then.
1: Go ahead. Out of the
2: games tonight, what's the one thing you're looking for? Not in each game, but like overall if there's like one game or one se- like series or something, what's the one thing you're looking at and like looking for tonight?
1: Looking forward to or looking for? Looking for. Looking for. I'm looking for the Avalanche to assert their dominance over the Predators. Uh, The puck line is always one and a half, which is like a spread in football. And I think they should obliterate that. And I believe they should handle – I mean, the National Predators are a physical team, but they got Riddick and net. They don't even have their top goaltender. Uh, it's time for after a week end of the year, these guys need to come out and start the playoffs out on a good foot or it could snowball out of control for them. So I'm looking for Kale McCarr to have a very good game, and I'm looking for the Colorado Avalanche to assert their dominance. Number two would be just a great game out of the Stars and the Flames. Mm, it's
2: solid. Cool. Yeah, always. So I no, don't yeah, re- I'm uh I'm pumped up. I'm excited for some Ranger hockey and some Ranger playoff hockey. So I'm uh one nothing. Let's keep it going. Hopefully. Yeah. So, I uh, don't I really yeah. I was having I trouble
1: unmute myself. Sorry, Mike, I didn't want to <laughs> interrupt you again. I was trying to unmute so bad. Eric, your boy Fox, I know you love Fox. I know you asked me about him in the beginning of the year. He's the one who scored the goal too. So um, just do me a favor and burn all your devil's gear. Thank you.
2: I'm actually <clears throat> wearing a devil's hat right now, believe it or not.
1: Again, two weeks in a row.
2: Yeah, but I'm not wearing a ranger shirt with it, though. So it's just the devil's hat tonight. It
1: doesn't make it any better, probably.
2: I'm wearing devils <laughs> and giants, also. So at least I'm kind of representing you here.
1: I'm devil's sitting, hat, I'm and sitting in my shirt. giant's chair right now.
2: Nice. See, I knew it. I had a feeling. Channeling
0: the energy. Beautiful, beautiful. I don't really have that much to throw in uh, myself here. I did not get a chance to watch any hockey last night. So I don't, I don't really have too much to throw in here. So I think we can kind of close this out if nobody else has anything else. Schmelrose, do you have anything else you'd like to throw in, though?
1: Nope. Let's, let's play hockey, baby.
0: Let's play some hockey. Yes. Um, all right. I think with that. Let's move on to some NFL uh, draft talk. There was a lot that happened, not just the draft. <laughs> you had some trades happening in the draft. And then the news yesterday, DeAndre Hopkins getting suspended. <laughs> but before we start on this, Chabell Rose, you want to stay for this or you want to let Fife back in? I'll go grab
1: Fife. All right. There you well, he's up. grabbing Fife.
2: Back. I'm going to tell you yeah. that I think me and Fife are going to be on the same page here and. I don't think either of us are on that. I I think this is probably the best Giants draft I can remember in a long time. Like I'm trying to remember in recent memory of a draft that I came out of it, especially in the first round and with our early picks feeling as good as I feel with our early picks. Although I don't love our second round pick. I don't agree with our second round pick. But everything pretty much other than that second round pick, I'm pretty good with.
0: I do want to point out something. You were a little nervous after that first pick the Giants made when they made uh, yeah, yeah, they went I, to I thought defensive end.
2: Something stupid, and you know because <laughs> they could easily flip that now. Now, now listen, I didn't hate Thibodeau because I was like, listen, he's still one of the top two or three pass rushers in this draft. Some people had him number one overall. The only thing I don't like it of what I've heard about him so far is that he is a like kind of an attention-driven person who oh. craves it. And that's why he kind of picked when he went to Oregon, when he went to college, he chose Oregon to be closer to Phil Knight in Nike. Like he's, huh. he, that's something he cares about. So the fact that he got drafted by New York, I think it incentivizes him because if he is looking to market himself and he is looking for that other income to come in from marketing a million products and everything everywhere, New York is still the greatest city in the world to do that in. So mm. if he comes to New York, and especially if he plays well early in his career, he's going to make a shit ton of money, i like, you know, the rest of his life. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the way I look at it. So I think he could be motivated to come here and actually do well. Then I look at the other side of it. When you look at it, and it was still like, okay, well, none of the other top guys are going off the board yet as far as linemen. So, I knew that we were going to end up with either cross or Neil. When well, we had the choice of both, I was, you guys know, I was looking for Neil. So, the fact that they got Thibodeau, who, you know, is what they need, they do need another rusher. They do need somebody who can get to the pass. So, you need that in this NFL, in, today, in today's NFL. And the fact that they went out and got another offensive lineman who this guy could play three different positions. He's, he's going to come in ready to play almost day one. Um, and you have an improving Andrew Thomas, who I, you guys know, I was ready to call a bust as a number four overall pick. Really did improve a lot last year, is doing a lot better. And uh, because of that, you know, I, I look at this as I would have let, like, two offensive linemen personally in the, in the, with our first two picks instead of the Thibodeau. I would have rather like crossed in Neil or, any combination of the top couple linemen in the draft or even the center who I know out of Iowa was, he's the only center taken in the first round. But if you look at it, center is the only position that has been drafted, I think in the last like 50 years or whatever, that they've always gotten a second contract. Like they've always gotten a second deal. Like they, they, they never are just one and done in the league centers. Like he, like if you get drafted in the first round as a center, it's the one position that there doesn't seem to really be a bust with. Um. So, I mean, you can't really go wrong that way. So, I would have liked to have seen the Giants trade back up to try to get there or take just two linemen in the first round. Because the way I look at it, they didn't take Daniel Jones's fifth-year option. Without taking Daniel Jones' fifth-year option, it means they're leaving themselves open for the options next season. So, with that, whatever they decide to do with quarterback, whether it's draft one next year or sign one or do whatever, they're going to need an offensive line to block and to build around that person. So, it's the way, to be honest. The Cowboys did it, and how the Cowboys got to be a better team—they built for what four or five years in a row, just drafting offensive linemen in the first round. Like they did it. They, they had a good stretch there where they just kept drafting offensive linemen. Guess what? It built them a really good offensive line, and it's really helped that team. So, I mean, if you take kind of that model, I would have liked to have seen it applied here. Although, like I said, I don't hate the pick of Thibodeau. I like it. I like the first round overall. Um, I like everything about it. This is the most positive. I felt about the Giants, even though I also know as a Giant fan, this season's going to suck no matter what. This team's going to suck. So, I'm going to take this one win in the draft here, and then just, you know, deal with the rest of this season, and hope for better seasons in the future, building off of what I think was the start of
1: something here, with one really good draft.
0: Mm. Fife, I'll let you chime in next.
1: Um, I agree with him on a lot of fronts. Um, I, you know, when the Thibodeau pick came in, I was a little iffy at, at first, for the first second, but then I looked at the guy. I mean, he's a beast. He's a freak. And that's what you want as an edge rusher. You want a freak. And I think it was a very smart move because you, the way the first round was going, you had edge rushers coming off. Um, you had defense coming off. Sauce went to the, to the Jets. I think you had the top three offensive tackles coming, or left on the board, or three offensive linemen left on the board. And you know, you're picking one pick later, you know, you pick a five, somebody else picks six, you pick at seven. So even if they take one of the three, you have two great options at seven. I thought that was a very smart move, which to me um, just shows that maybe this management that we have now is a little bit better than what we've been looking at in the past. Not that it could get any worse than that, but um, just the, the, the thought behind the picks is what impressed me the most. I also agree uh, round two, I'm not really sure who Wandale uh, Robinson you know, I, Robinson is. I, you know, I don't watch a lot of Kentucky football, to be honest. So I wasn't sure about that, but I was very impressed um, with what they did in the third round, to be honest. I really do like the pick of Cordell Flock. I like a corner at LSU. The guy's a ball hawk. He finds the football. Um, I like that Joshua Azudu. Offensive lineman, he's a guard, right? So now you have Andrew Thomas, who was rated by Pro Football Focus. I don't know how much stock you put into that. As the most improved player um, over last year, right? He's your left tackle. You're going to leave him there at left tackle because that's where he's been improving. You have Evan Neal, who's played a lot of right tackle. He's going to come in. He's going to be your right tackle. Now you have this guy, Azudu. I mean, you have an offensive line that had nothing coming into the year. So now you have Azudu come in and he's a guard. So either like Eric said, if you're, if you're, if Daniel Jones lights it up and they franchise tag him next year, that's fine. At least now you have a guy who, if he doesn't start this year, you're building him up into an NFL player throughout the year on that, and that guard position, Bellinger filled the need, uh Belton filled, filled the need, but that's where I was a little bit off. Um, I'm trying to Jaquan Brisker is was drafted by the Chicago bears. Um, I would have liked to see the Giants try and get him. Uh, I believe they took him with the 48th uh, instead of Wandale Robinson and then maybe taking a receiver in the fourth round where they took Dane Belton at safety. I mean, if you're looking for a safety, I'm a Penn State guy. You guys know that Uh, Jaquan Brisker is – He's a very good safety. You couldn't watch a Penn state game last year without seeing him around the ball when there was a pass and play, even comes up, plays the run really well. So I think that's the only thing I would have done different instead of Wandale Robinson, uh, with the second, with the 43rd pick, I probably would have went with Brisker. Um, and then with that pick where they took Belton, and maybe that's when I would have maybe to fill in a wide receiver need. Um, you know, other than that, I think it's good. You got a guy named Micah McFadden out of Indiana. Um, I love the name Micah. You know, it breaks my heart. Uh, the one thing I hated about the one thing I hated about the draft was seeing my boy uh, Jahan Dotson go to the Commanders. So now, four times a year, I got to watch two of my favorite Penn State players play against the Giants. Um, Dotson is going to fill a huge need for Washington. He's a downfield threat. The man gets open and he catches everything that comes his way. So uh, it was heartbreaking to see him go there, especially knowing that he's going to have Carson Wentz throwing up the ball. Like poor guy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right. I will say, I think your giants did pretty good in the draft. You guys actually took two guards out of North Carolina. Your fifth round pick also a guard out of North Carolina. So, I don't know what that means, but you know, at least with your first round picks, pretty damn good. And, um, I think with that, we'll bring Dave back into a conversation because now we have to talk about the, uh, the Cowboys draft a little bit here. So Dave, I'll let you start on that one.
3: Uh, I mean, for a team that lets so many impact players go this off season, To spend your first two picks on developmental guys that really aren't NFL ready, Uh, I think you're going to see that shine in their face in a negative way very, very quickly. Um, So not overly thrilled about that. Um, I do like their third round pick, the wide receiver, Jalen Tolbert. Uh, I can't sit here. Like, I know a lot about him, um, but it seemed like a lot of people were high on him and thought he might go earlier than when Dallas took him. Um, but when you look at their overall draft, I think it was a bad draft. Uh, I don't really know how else to say it. I don't think addressed, you know, with, and the reason I say that is because of the guys that they took when they took them and the guys that were still on the board available. You know, they take an undeveloped left tackle so that they can start him at left guard when you have a proven center go the pick after to Baltimore where he could have probably slid over the guard and been more than fine. Um, you know, they take the DN in the second round and there were several uh, guys with first round grades still sitting on the board that they decided not to take and take a developmental defensive end. Um, so overall disappointed with their draft, but simultaneously I'm no scout I don't watch enough college football to act like I really know all the ins and outs. Um, So, you know, when it's really all said and done, we don't know about this draft class until three years from now and how they perform. So, uh, disappointed, yes, but losing sleep over it, no, because there's really no way to tell until you actually see them suit up on Sundays and the impact that they might be able to have for the team. So, Mm. that's kind of uh, my thoughts in a nutshell when it's really all said and done.
0: Yeah. And the only thing I'm going to throw in here, because we were talking about this in the group chat on a draft night. Uh, Everything I've heard about this Tyler Smith guy is he's a guy you could have gotten later. If the Cowboys think he's the guy, then all right, fine, you get him. The last time they reached, quote unquote, reached on a lineman in the draft was a guy by the name of Travis Fredericks almost 10 years ago. Uh, Might have been 10 years ago, actually. 10, nine years ago, whatever. But when you reached for him, you traded down. You got an extra draft pick out of it. So the fact that they didn't try to maneuver a little bit, and if they know they're taking the guy who can do – who, who is, if they know they're taking that guy, and you know that he's probably not highly rated by anybody else, get yourself some extra draft capital. Try to trade down. Try to make some moves here to help yourself out uh, in, in the future, even if it is just, you know, getting what they got an extra third round pick out of that one, when they traded up, maybe you get an extra third or fourth round pick there. Maybe you try to do something with that. So yeah. And Lindenbaum of course, went the pick right after to Baltimore, I think. So that didn't help. Um, and I, I'm like, Dave, I'm not going to pretend that I know a lot about these guys. Um, we all know I don't really pay attention to college football, but it just doesn't feel like they really did a lot in terms of guys who can really make the immediate impact to at least kind of make up for what they lost here. And I don't know. They, they you know, they use their fifth round pick on a guy that they know is going to be out for a year. Last time they did that was uh, Jalen Smith, who worked out for a couple of years. Then they gave him the contract and then they released him this past season. So. I I think we come out of this draft feeling like the Giants did a lot better than the Cowboys. I think there's a lot of teams that did uh, a lot better than the Cowboys here. So I'll throw it to you guys because I'll tell you right now, talking about other teams that I think did pretty well in this draft, and like Dave, like you said, we're not going to know for sure until two or three years down the road who actually did it. Eric, you have said on more than one occasion – that you can have all the picks in the world. It's not necessarily about when you're picking or how many you have. It's about what you do with the picks and who is actually making the draft picks. I say this because I think the New York Jets, at least with everything I heard, probably have one of the best draft classes in this draft. To go right up there with, with your Giants, outside of at outside least on of the paper. Wide
2: receiver choice outside of the wide receiver choice. Really, wide receiver choice to me, I would have went Jameson Williams. Really, okay, yeah, I believe he was still on the board because I think Detroit took him after i think he I think he took, they took Wilson before he's he out you to back check me on that, but no yeah, no, no I, where I where I'm like I, I don't mind that I'm to trade back up into the or you know having that third first to get uh the kid Johnson out of Florida State. He was a kid who won like the pro Bowl for uh the uh college senior bowl, I should say like he was he was a big talk out of that um. You, 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 From everything you hear, you can't go wrong with Sauce Gardner. And the Jets have had a really good track record with drafting corners and safeties. I mean, when you look at Jamal Adams, with Terrell Revis, they, they seem to land on those guys. And then, like I said, but the kid Wilson, I can't kill him. I'm sure he's going to be a good receiver, but I just don't see him as the number one receiver for Zach Wilson. So that, to me, is where I might have done something different with the pick or went with the kid with Al- Al- at Alabama because – He's a flat-out speedster and a guy who could just – he was Tyreek Hill-esque. And I think that's kind of what Zach Wilson needs. And to me, I would have went that way with the pick. But I, I agree with you. I think the Jets had a really good draft. I don't think anybody yeah. out there could deny it. I mean, it all depends on what the players turn into. But, yeah, I, I don't think anybody out there could deny
0: the fact that they had a really good draft. Let me ask you something, though, because you brought up the guy that Detroit took. He's going to be out for about half a season, though. You would have taken him over the guy the Jets took? I would Jets have taken
2: took? him. He's okay. not going to be out like six games. But yeah, no, I would have taken him. He's, oh he's flat-out talent. He's, he's speed. He's got really good hands. Um, uh, he, he, yeah, I would have taken him. Okay. Fife?
1: Even um, – um, I think he went a little later, but what's his name out of Alabama? Metchin? Was it Metchin? Eric. Metchie. 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 Yeah. Um, that's the kind of guy he, he, you know, he went to Alabama. He was down on the depth chart. Somebody got hurt and he took advantage of the situation and, you know, made himself into a top tier draft pick. I think he was another good pick, but I think overall, I agree with everybody. The jets had a really good draft. They filled needs with saw like they, they needed help on defense very badly. Um, I think they had like bottom 30 uh, defense last year, as far as all the numbers. So they got themselves an edge rusher with the 26th pick Uh, sauce Gardner, obviously at four. I think a great pick for them was um, Brees hall because at 36 overall round two, they got the best running back in the draft was as most are saying, and they also already have Michael Carter. So, you give yourselves that one, two punch that you need now in the NFL. It's, it can't just be a one, a one trick pony. And that's, I think where the giants and Saquon Barkley struggle is because, you know, everybody thinks that Saquon needs to be an every down back, but you're just running him into the ground. Like, yeah, he's a superstar, but even, even the Cowboys realize that yes, Zeke is a superstar, but they needed to give him a a break once in a while, let Pollard take the reins here and there. And I think, um, that's something that the Giants don't realize that the Jets did realize that they're not going to be able to ride Michael Carter into the ground. He's a very good running back. I think he proved that last season, Mm -hmm. but he, if you have that one, two punch, you just make yourself stronger. And some guys need to be on the field. I get it. And they need to keep their legs moving and they need to, you know, helps them play better football. But at the end of the day, you're taking a pounding and you're getting beat, and you need to learn when you're in the NFL how to be able to perform when given the opportunity. Um, and I think that's where, like, you're going to see the Jets have more success in their run game. Even if Saquon comes back now, he's a year removed from his surgery and everything like that, he's got to realize that he cannot – you just can't do it in the NFL anymore. The guys are too big, too fast, too strong. They beat you up. So as much as I love Saquon, uh, until – until they find him somebody to, to spell him once in a while, like quality, legit, he's just going to continue to get injured. He's going to continue to be a disappointment. Um, let him explode when he's out there and let him get his breath. But I think that pick, Brees Hall, was huge for them. I think they filled needs all the way through. And as long as Zach Wilson continues to improve, uh, the Jets should be on the up and up. Coming. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to be in the Super Bowl in the next two or three years but they're at least going to be able to compete and maybe take some of that uh, embarrassment off of New York football that is the worst record in the last five years in football (laughs) between the two clubs.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hey, there's a good step in that direction. I will say that. Dave.
1: Oh, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say another thing about the draft that I thought was I, I thought the Jaguars made the wrong decision. I think there's a reason that Detroit's pick came in in about a half a second after the decision was made. I think Aiden Hutchinson was the best player in the draft. Um, and the Jaguars let the Combine sell them a little bit too much. Um, so and that's where I'll leave it at that. But uh, mm-hmm. So I thought that was a mistake. And I think uh, Dan Campbell came in his pants a little bit when it happened.
0: No No doubt. All right, Dave, we'll go to you here. You can comment on what we've talked about and anything else that's stuck on your mind. Go right ahead. Um, I
3: think the – I definitely agree with everybody's opinion on the Jets. I think they did a really good job. Um, I would actually agree with Eric on the wide receiver pick. I would have taken the kid that needed some games to heal up more just because from the highlights of Alabama that I, I've seen, that kid is basically in every one of them. Um, but anyway, uh, outside of that, I I think you, you just, you look at Baltimore and what they were able to do again. Uh, I feel like year in and year out, they do a great job. Um, if they're able to stay healthy this year, unlike they were last year, I, I mean, Lamar Jackson could be trying to pull a Flacco move and, and ride out the last year of his deal and, and just. Put together an amazing run. I think, I think, I just think they consistently draft well. And I think they did it again this year. Um, I agree with the Jaguars once again. They, I just don't think they know how to run a football team. It's like they, they had that one glory year with Blake Bortles, somehow playing good football for the first time in his life and or in his NFL career. And they went on a great run. But uh, that team, the, I don't think they did enough to fill the holes that they needed to fill. Um outside of that, I mean Buffalo once again, they had some more talented players. Kansas City gets steals left and right throughout the draft. Um, but look, when it's all said and done before this draft started, we all talked about how everybody talked about that this isn't the strongest draft class and blah 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 blah. And you know, I don't know. I, I honestly I'm so sick and tired of the draft. It's not even funny. Like between, <laughs> The pre draft Especially stuff. when
2: your team sucks at it. It's uh Oh yeah, that does not definitely help. Not where it's yeah, it doesn't help. This year I'm actually proud to talk about it, so it's not it's not too bad.
3: I am not trying to steal that from you. I'm just all in all with how everybody talked about the draft leading up to it. I can't sit here and th- I think the interesting question is the quarterback that Pittsburgh took. And the quarterback that uh, the Panthers took, I'm very interested to see if, I, if those guys actually play this year or they let them develop.
0: Hmm. That was actually one of the places I was going to go next here. Because, uh, yeah, like, Eric, you've been saying it for almost a year here, how weak this quarterback draft class was. Can he pick only quarterback to go in the first round and then not another one taken until the third round? Pickett in Pittsburgh is interesting to me. I feel like that's a really good landing spot for him. Eric,
3: that's why I didn't say say anything. I had a feeling you were directing that to Eric. (laughs) I (laughs) appreciate
0: that. Sorry, I apologize.
3: You're going to have to repeat that real quick.
0: Oh, okay. I was talking about Kenny Pickett. You had mentioned, you've been mentioning for a year how weak this uh, quarterback draft class was. And it was proven because Pickett goes bottom of the first round, not another quarterback taken until the third round. But I like the landing spot for Pickett in in Pittsburgh because I feel like if anyone can really develop someone who can come in and at least be a solid, if not spectacular, quarterback for them, I think this is a great place for him.
2: No, it's the best place that it possibly could have landed. I mean, it fell to Pittsburgh, the fact that nobody else wanted a quarterback, the fact that they needed one, the fact that the kid went to Pittsburgh, he's a hometown kid, Uh, the story writes itself.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, the
2: only thing he needs now is a little bit of that, you know, you know, Mike Tomlin's success to come along with it, you know. Uh, but for they re- they really couldn't have landed on a better guy to get though. If they were going yeah. to draft somebody, this was the guy to get, and uh, he fell to him. So I can't fault them for taking him. They need somebody, but it's just funny because right now he's probably coming in. They probably have three guys there with all around the same same skill set right now with Mitchell Trubisky, Kenny Pickett. And Mason Rudolph. It's almost like the Spider-Man, like, meme cliche if they're all pointing at each other, you know? <laughs> who's Because who? they're all kind of the same. So, I don't know. To me, I'm going to give the kid pick it. If he comes into training camp, plays hard, learns playbook, gets on board, I'm going to give him the opportunity because I always think the game experience is better than bench experience. Um, but at the same time, uh, it really depends on how he develops during the offseason, so. That's really what it comes down to.
0: Yeah, yeah, Dave. You got anything you want to chime in?
3: Uh Like I said, I'm just curious to see how it how it unfolds with him and even Carolina. I mean, Sam Darnold is Sam Darnold. We know who he is. So, yeah. Uh, you know, it's not like there's going to be a, there, there'll be an opportunity for you know that the kid drafted to take a starting role. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. no matter of does he take it?
0: Yeah, and I think we can kind of go there for a minute here because Matt Coral goes to Carolina, like you said. The second quarterback taken in the draft at number 74, Desmond Riddler, taken by Atlanta. And then Malik Willis drops to 86, goes to Tennessee. I don't really think any of them are bad landing spots for project quarterbacks, truthfully, because they're all bad
2: quarterbacks, though. They're all bad quarterbacks. all All right. But you know, they're all developmental projects that need some more. could be this, and their floor is here, but their ceiling is there. But it, to me, it just—it's it, too much risk, There's not enough reward with these guys. And that's why they didn't go in the first round. That's why nobody traded up to get them. I think a lot of people realize these aren't franchise quarterbacks.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> but I think taking those three guys in the third round, when you have guys like—I mean, definitely not Carolina, but. You know, Matt Ryan in Atlanta, you get at least one more year out of him. Tennessee is at least gonna ride with Tannehill for a little while. They can at least develop them and they don't have to force them in right away.
1: Well, Matt Ryan's in in Indy right now, and Marcus Mariota is their star. Wow. Okay.
0: Wow. All right. Yeah, that was fuck up. Yeah.
1: That's it's right. been, a, it it's been a it's been a weird off season. Really strange off
0: season. Yeah. All right. Mariota. Well, it's still that, the same principle. Mariota is going to be the guy starting this year. Yep. Now, thank you so for that correction. That? I,
2: would, I wouldn't. You know, what, what? why waste time with Mariota? Why waste time with, with guys that you know aren't going to be the real deal? To me, I mean, somebody's going to make a play for Baker Mayfield. Now, granted, he may not be a franchise quarterback either or anybody. He's better than any of the guys drafted this year, though somebody's going to make a move for him and get him before the, before the season starts. Um, either that or there's some weird story out there none of us know yet and he's been blackballed for one reason or another. Um, so it's, it's one or the other at this point. Mm-hmm. But he's better than every guy drafted. So I look at some of these teams and, you know, if I'm Carolina, to me, what's the difference in starting Sam Darnold or starting, you know, this, this working? You know, or, you know, what's the difference between? So, I, I, to me, I'm taking a shot to the rookies. Try and get them ready during training camp. Give them the first team reps. Get them ready. Get them in the playbook early. And if you got somebody, they're going to turn into something. If you don't, you'll know soon enough too. Mm. So, I think Personally, you, give it, you give these kids two years and then that's it. And then you're, you either know what you got or, or you move on.
1: Go ahead, Fife. Uh, personally, I think a good landing spot for Baker would be uh, Seattle. Um, yeah, I just feel like they have a couple receivers there, you know. Unless I've missed something, they're um, getting I,
2: rid of Metcalf. I'm telling you, I think I think Metcalf's going to be on the move.
1: That would be that would be, uh, you know, we'll see. If you don't do a pre-draft, then you're really writing off next season.
0: That's fair. I think the, I
2: think the important draft is next year's draft. That's where I'm going to disagree. I think they're looking to unload whatever they can for DK. They didn't want shit from this year's draft. They didn't want people's first round picks this year. They want people's first
0: round picks next year. Interesting. All right. Um, Well, I don't know if anybody's got any thoughts. The two big trades that went down obviously, there were a lot of trades in the first round, but you have Hollywood Brown going from the Ravens to Arizona. And then the news coming out yesterday that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be suspended for six games because he tested positive for PEDs. And then you also had A.J. Brown getting traded from the Titans to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Brown sorry, one, I have-
2: both of these. I'm going to be honest, not to interject, but I'm, I, I got to me, both of these, like, I can care less about the move with the Ravens and trading away Hollywood Brown to get a low first round pick than just draft another guy that, you know, I, it's stupid. I don't know, just not me. And then to talk about another guy with PEDs and to hear his lame-ass apology of, oh, I'm so careful about what I put in my body, and I'm going to have to go back and look with my trainers and see what could have possibly done this. And He's going to get to the bullshit. bottom of it. Yeah, we're all going to get to the bottom of it. How about you just fucking fess up? You took something you shouldn't have fucking taken, you're sorry, you'll sit out, and you'll fucking see us in six weeks. Uh, you know, I'm just tired of bullshit. Stop bullshit. Just fucking hit us with the honesty and be done with the bullshit. That's the way I feel
3: on my on those two topics. I'll let everybody else
0: <laughs> go ahead, Dave.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, me the Hollywood Browns trade at Baltimore. I think it kind of lets you know that uh, Arizona probably already knew about the coming. Um, so that that maybe part of why they made that trade. Also, him and Kyler Murray played together in uh, in college, so you know maybe that's part of it. Whatever it is. I mean, the Hollywood Brown trade, I'm not like, oh, my God, does that make Arizona contenders? Because when it's all said and done, they'll probably start, you know, five and five and two, six and one, and then we'll watch them slowly collapse like we have every year since Murray and uh, what's-his-name have gotten together. Um, The A.J. Brown trade for Philly, though, I thought that was a big trade by Philly. I think it lets you know that they're – they're basically saying that, you know, if Hurts uh, can't do it this year, then Hurts ain't going to be able to do it any other year. And that that's what that trade tells me. Um, I think they know that Dallas got worse and they, they have the ability to be able to win the division this year. Um, and, and I think that was an aggressive move and I I genuinely respect it. I think A.J. Brown's a really good wide receiver and, if he could put up the stats he put up with Ryan Tannehill, there's no reason to think he can't have a good season with, you know, Jalen Hurts as his quarterback. So um I thought that was a really good trade. The Hollywood Brown trade, again, wasn't overly swung either way. Um And the the D-hop news, I'm with Eric. I really – I just don't give a shit. Like, dude's fine, Dude suspended. He tried to beat the system. He got caught. Let's move on. Like to me, it doesn't career or how people look at them when you know Hall of Fame voting comes or any of that stuff. So that's that's really kind of all that matters.
0: I mean, I'll say this: that I'm going to get to the bottom of this. That's the one where I'm just kind of like, "What are you getting to the bottom to?" This is not a murder mystery here. What are we, what are we talking about? You took something. All right, come on, it's just that simple. And I'm with you guys. The Brown one, uh, excuse me, the Hollywood Brown one didn't exactly move the needle to me. The A.J. Brown one, I think, is interesting. Does anybody look at him as a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL?
1: With the right quarterback.
0: Do we think Jalen Hurts is that right quarterback, though? No.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I explained it to you guys in the group chat. I thought... The reason he's the right quarterback is because you have him on a rookie deal. You can afford to pay A.J. Brown because you not only have him, but you have Devontae Smith and him on rookie deals. So if there's any time you're going to experiment and spend this kind of money on an A.J. Brown, you're going to do it now because A.J. Brown, you've now signed for four years. Well, guess what? Jalen Hurts' contract probably up in about four years. So if you need to reset everything again, you can reset it, but at least you've given Jalen Hurts and that team every opportunity – to win. You've set them up to try to be successful. If they're not successful, then guess what? Three, four years down the line, they're ready to reset again. Um, and that money will be coming off the book. So to me, this trade made all the sense in the world for Philly, who needed weapons. Listen, Jalen Rager sucks ass. All they have is J yeah, Smith. Um, you know, they have Goddard, but they don't really have much there for Hurts. So in order to give something to Hurts, Going out trading for an unhappy AJ Brown is now gonna come there, be a little bit happy. Does have a look, come with a little bit of injury history. I get that. But at the same time, if you're gonna to gamble, to me, now is the time to gamble because if it doesn't go right, you can reset and that money will be coming off the books at the time you're ready to reset.
1: Go ahead, Fife. So to me, the two trades that we're talking about here, I would like to compare the two of them. So The big factor for me is if A.J. Brown is going to be successful with Jalen Hurts, is, is he going to be able to adjust the way he's played with Ryan Tannehill, whereas you have Ryan Tannehill is the kind of guy where you're going out and you're running a route. Okay, when Jalen Hurts drops back, you need to be able to break off that route and give him support to whatever side of the field or or come off your route. So he just needs to make that adjustment in the way he plays, whereas Marquise Brown has now been playing with Lamar Jackson. He should know how to do that, especially with Kyler Murray, because they played together in college. So I think that to put it to you like this, I don't think that the Marquise Brown trade is as small as you guys are making it out to be. Um, I think. If from a fantasy perspective, we'll go there. If he's sitting there on the 10th round and I need a wide receiver to fill out my bench or to maybe be my number three, That's a guy I think I'm taking a chance on because of the history there and because he probably knows how to play with him. He knows where to go on the field to give him an opportunity to throw him the ball, having played with him in the past and having played with a guy like Lamar Jackson. So that's to compare the two is is A.J. Brown going to be able to adjust off of that with an immobile guy like Tannehill for the last few years of his career and then be able to break off his routes, go to the proper part of the field, give Hertz a place to throw the ball. So that's going to make a big difference. But I think it was a great trade for the Eagles, like you guys said. Um, I think it makes them pretty scary on the outside. And then there's still Quez Watkins. You know, I know he's really come along in that organization. Um, He's got another year to improve. So that's their number three, I think, because Rieger's not going to be it. So keep an eye out for the name Quez Watkins as the year goes on with those two getting all the coverage uh, next year,
0: next Mm. season. I will say this. I think the biggest head-scratching part of these trades is we've, we've talked in the past. Baltimore doesn't exactly have a lot of wide receiver beyond the tight end, maybe one or two minor guys who aren't exactly your number one wide receivers. Who is Lamar Jackson throwing that ball to now? Like, correct, me if I'm wrong. correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't really like... Who's his He's options very unhappy
2: then? right now. No, no, but I don't know if you've seen his tweets and everything else. He's unhappy right now. He is not... I mean, uh, like they're on the verge of it being a very, very ugly situation with Lamar Jackson. Hmm. And he represents himself, too, which is, is kind of an uglier of a situation. Because sometimes things are said in negotiation that you can't like take back or whatever. So sometimes sure. you'd rather an agent get across than you. Like, I don't know, it's a weird situation,
1: and it's getting worse by the day. Well, yeah, because yeah. they're, they're they're hoping to lean on his legs more, and I'm sure as the years go on, he's hoping to lean on his arm a little bit more. Yeah. And they're not giving him the opportunity to do that. I mean, yeah, they did have, what, their top three running backs go down in the beginning of next year, so they should have those guys back, and their run game is going to be probably one of the tops in the league, especially with a quarterback like Lamar. But when you're not giving him weapons – um, you're telling him that we expect you to put yourself at risk every single
0: Sorry to jump in, but
2: I got to run. I'll be back on in a few if I can. If not, you uh, fellas, stay sweaty. Thanks.
0: Stay sweaty, man. Okay. Hopefully we get Eric back tonight. If not, we can move on, though. Uh, keep going, uh, Fife.
1: No, I mean, I can leave it at that. I just, I think it's a message from the Ravens, maybe whether it's intentional or not, or if that's their actual intentions. But if I'm Lamar Jackson, that's how I'm looking at it. Like this team does not care if I put myself at risk uh, because they're not going to give me those outside weapons I need. I can't just throw to Mark Andrews all day. Uh, so they're basically telling me that they don't care if I get injured or they want me to lay it all out on the line every single play, run downfield, take hits, take a beat, and – put my career at risk. And as a quarterback like that, who's aging, he's, you know, he's not getting any younger. None of us get any younger. I'm sure that, you know, he's been working on his throwing. I, I'm not saying, I'm not saying the guy's a bad thrower. He gets that rap because he runs so much because that's his option. Um, I just feel like, I don't know, you know, and then you basically trade away his receiver and replace him with a younger guy. Who's the, basically the same receiver. It's just, it's just, to me, that as a quarterback, if I were Lamar Jackson, which obviously I'm not, but if I were, that would put a bad taste in my mouth. It would tell me that the organization doesn't care about my health.
0: Mm. And I wonder also, do they care about pissing him off after the emergence the way Tyler Huntley played last year? Do they feel like, all right, well, if we piss off Jackson and we have to trade him or move him, we, can, we feel confident with Huntley after, after what he did last
1: year? Well, and that's just another reason of, of him to think that they don't care about his health. You know, like if mm-hmm. he gets hurt, if he gets hurt, we have Huntley, and who knows, Huntley could have just been a flash in the pan for sure. you know sure. when he came in. Guys get when you get film on these guys, all of a sudden these things don't happen for him as easily anymore. Lamar Jackson is a special talent, um, and they seem to just feel like they can replace him.
0: No, yeah. Dave, you got anything you want to chime in?
3: I. Just think, I would completely agree. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm not a very happy guy. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right. Uh, do, do either of you guys got anything else football wise you'd like to throw in?
3: <clears throat> uh, I'm good.
0: All right. I think with that, we can talk a little basketball this week here. First round series are over. We're in the semifinals now. Let's do a little rundown here. Heater up one nothing. Uh, on the 76ers' next game is on Wednesday, and I do believe Joel Embiid is still out for that one. Uh, I think broken orb, orbital bone and concussion, I believe, is what he's out with. Then yeah. you got, the, yep, and then you got the Bucs up one nothing over the Celtics. Suns lead the Mavericks one nothing, and uh, Memphis is down one nothing to the Golden State Warriors. That game is going to be starting at 9:30 tonight. So. You got any thoughts, Dave?
3: Well, Boston right now is up twenty-five. Oh, uh, wow! So I think it's safe to assume that that series will be tied at one-one. Um, the injury to Philly put a lot of pressure on James Harden, which I don't think is what Philly wanted going up a defensive te- going up against a defensive team like Miami. Um no. so that that could really set Philly for a disappointing playoff uh series. Um Memphis is gonna stay in there and hang with Golden State. I just don't think they have enough to beat them uh in a seven-game series. But I mean that game basically was a one-point game and came down to the final seconds of the game. So um I think Memphis is gonna be able to stay with Golden State. I just I don't know if they have enough to to even force a game seven, let alone win the series. Um, Dallas Phoenix should be a hell of a lot of fun to watch. Um, Devin Booker uh, going against uh, Luca um, or Chris Paul, whoever the combination of the two of them, whichever one it is. Um, Luca is just a special talent. Um, Second fastest player to break 500 points in their first 14 or 15 playoff games, um, only behind Jordan. So, um, dude basically average He's basically a walking triple double. Um, so yeah, he, he's gonna, he's gonna keep Dallas in that series. I just don't know if he's gonna, again, kind of similar to, uh Philly. I just, I don't know if there's going to be enough there. Um, for him, you know, to be able to get through that series. Um, And then I think Boston and Milwaukee is going to end up being your best series. Um, You're going to see some similarities to some of the old school basketball we grew up with. Uh, They're just going to shoot more three pointers, but they're going to play defense and they're going to play tough and they're going to fight in the paint. And, you know, I think there's a lot of things about that series that should make it a lot of fun to watch. Uh, And I do think, even with Boston being up 25 right now, uh, I do think it's going to, the, over the long haul, that'll be your best series in the East. And then Memphis, I, I mean, I think both series in the West are going to be great.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. How big of a loss is Chris Middleton to the Bucks, though? I'm not sure how long he's out, but I think I heard it was a sprained MCL.
3: Uh, yeah, they said, uh, about three to four weeks in the end half in game two, of Chicago, so he still has a lead. Another.
0: That's a huge loss. That is a huge loss. Like on, uh, obviously Antetokounmpo is the big guy there. That's the running mate though. That's, that's the pippin to his Jordan. Not saying either of them are on their level, but, uh, I think, I think, you know what I mean on that one to lose him. That's huge.
3: Yeah, it was a big blow. I, I actually think the main reason Chicago was able to pull off the win in Game Two, um, uh, because he got hurt in Game Two. Uh, so I think it was one of the main reasons Chicago pulled off that win, and then Milwaukee adjusted accordingly to be able to win the series. Um, but it, it, it's really it really all boils down to can Giannis, uh hit the deep three, Um, if he can, then there's nobody in the league that can beat that team.
0: True, true. And I'll tell tell you this, man, John Morant and that Grizzlies team, it's crazy to me because I, I, admittedly, I I don't know how many guys off the Grizzlies I could really name, but the fact that they're able to do that, and you're calling that one of the toughest series in, in the uh in the, the semis right now did anybody ever think the grizzlies would be like this this quickly
3: no and considering uh-huh. they could play in game but six without your best play. um and all in all when you watch that team they're hungry they're excited um and i think i think they're really just playing older and and it, it it stops them from allowing themselves to go into any game against any opponent too confident. And as long as you go in and respect your opponent and give it your best shot, you should basically compete in any game you play in. So um, I genuinely just think that they're, they're a special group of young kids that are just having fun and showing the world who they are and, you know, trying to get their name on the map. I told you guys weeks ago, Next year, everybody's going to know about Memphis because they're going to get a lot of primetime games.
0: Absolutely. Somebody's got to replace the Lakers. Please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to throw in basketball-wise?
3: Um, no, not really. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. It's nice to watch the playoffs and not know who's going to actually make the end?
0: True, true. It is nice to see some parity restored in the NBA. Talked about it the last couple years. I, you know, it is nice to see a little ebb and flow. The super teams had their time. Now we got parity back in the league. I'm sure some team will have a super team in the future. But the the fact that we have this level of parity between the teams now, and you. You can't really tell it. It's nice. It's nice because it was getting a little stale there for a while. Ridiculously. Yeah. No. Yeah. All right. Uh, fair enough. It's eight nineteen. I, I I don't really see a point to go back to baseball here because, truthfully, you know, me and Fife kind of talked about it earlier. Um, Dave, I got a funny story for you though. Um. So Friday night. You sent the text in the group chat of the, the, the GIF of the guy rolling down the street on the glider with the, the, uh, in the shape of the clouds, right?
3: Yes, sir. I figured cloud nine.
0: Yeah. And he, the caption was, this is Mike right now. So funny story. Uh, I got out of work at about 930, 945. <clears throat> and I'm driving home. And in the car, I got the Met game on. And the announcers go, we're we're through seven innings now. Three Met pitchers have combined, have allowed no hits. And, you know, me and Fife kind of talked about this earlier. You hear combined no hitters in baseball, and you almost almost think that this isn't going to happen, you know, all this stuff. At some point, and also, there's, you know, baseball is a game of superstition. I'm a superstitious guy. The old superstition is if you're in the middle of a no-hitter and you say the words no-hitter, that no-hitter is going bye-bye, very next pitch. So I hear these announcers saying no-hitter, 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 and I'm just – between that and the fact that we got the reliever, in my eyes, uh, all right, this just probably isn't going to happen. But at some point between the car ride and me walking into the door of my place, the fact that a no-hitter was going on left my brain. And I forgot about it. So I get home and I'm making some food or whatever. And I'm trying to figure out what to watch. And I see Mets are up three, nothing at this point. The, what is going on has completely left my brain. I just saw a three 0 and I'm just like, no, nah, I'm not going to jinx it. I'm going to watch something to make me laugh. So I'm watching stuff to make me laugh. I'm having a good time. Whatever. I eating my food, you send that text message and i'm just like okay the mets won the game all right what am i going to send we're doing all right and then as soon as i send the text in my head i'm going i wonder what's going on holy shit we got the no hitter
3: so you didn't even realize so that was
0: er- we- oh did i get cut off
3: no so you didn't even realize when i sent that hello
0: can anybody hear me
3: we hear you I'm assuming you can hear me. I hear you. Okay, so Mike doesn't hear me.
1: I don't think Mike hears either of us.
3: I don't think so either. That makes me feel better, though. But <laughs> it's also pretty bad to know that I sent that <laughs> picture or whatever <laughs> that I and he had, we had no, hit.
1: actually had no head, no head.
0: So, so nobody could hear anything I was saying, huh?
1: No, we heard you. No, we Mike. You. Oh, we heard
3: everything you said. You just didn't hear us.
0: Yeah, I accidentally hit the cord from my mic, so my audio got all fucked up.
3: Yeah, we heard you though, bud.
0: Oh, beautiful.
3: So basically, what t- basically, what you were saying is that when I sent you that picture and you replied back. You actually had no clue in the moment that the Mets had it.
0: That's right. I had no clue. I had absolutely no clue. And I got to be honest, if I had to go back and do it again, baseball's a game of superstition, I would have done it again.
3: Uh, I am very happy that I could have brought you <laughs> mind from watching something that was making you laugh.
0: <laughs>
3: but to off a 140 or 50-something pitched no-hitter.
0: Yeah, I will say the, the one thing, and I said this to uh, Fife earlier, because we were talking about, Fife actually is the one who brought it up, the the fact that there's probably going to, there should be a lot more combined no-hitters seeing as how we live in the age of analytics and nobody really goes more than 100 pitches anymore. I made the comment, you would think there have would have been more of them over the last three years. The fact that we have a combined no-hitter, Really just shows that this has been a total team effort so far by the Mets. Now, I don't know if it's going to keep up. I'm definitely not going to uh, reiterate what I said last week because that was a one time deal. I said it. We'll revisit it in the first week of June if what I said happens. But uh, yeah, we're doing pretty, we're doing all right. Pete Alonso just hit a home run. Mets are up 3 0 over the bridge. Uh, anyway, that's all we, that's all. I feel like we should talk about baseball-wise. It would be nice to get uh, Eric having some Yankee thoughts here because I do like to be fair and balanced here. We don't have that. Yankees
3: have won what, 10 in a row?
0: Oh, I didn't even realize they were 10 in a row. I do know that if you look at the best records in baseball, Mets and Yankees are number one and two. And, yes, 10-game winning streak, Yeah. And currently, yeah. the the Yankees are technically the ones with the best record because they've played two fewer games than the Mets have. What were you saying, Dad?
3: No, nah, I just I, I I was actually looking forward to hearing Eric's reaction, but I feel like his reaction would be pretty similar to yours. Like it's a good start that they've mm-hmm. turned things around, they're hitting the ball, blah blah blah. But let's see if it continues.
0: I don't know if you were on. He actually he actually stole my phrase. He said, "We're doing all right."
3: Yeah, I expected. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right does anybody have anything else sports wise they would like to bring up tonight now I'll, I'll throw it to both you guys uh fife and dave
1: i've got nothing fife larry schmelrose here i just wanted to let you know that you the go. rangers are currently up two to one uh and the caps and panthers are tied at the end of one rangers game is in the middle of the second um Also, I'd like to bring something up. Uh, I know it's only a day into it, a day and a half into these ESPN having the the NHL playoffs. But do you remember when ESPN made the purchase of the NHL TV rights? And I had made the comment that uh, I had this feeling that they were just going to shove them on the Ocho and that was going to be it for the regular season. And all they wanted was the playoffs. Well, that's what basically uh, ended up happening. Uh, ESPN had the NHL games on ESPN Plus, so it was all streamable. That's basically this day and age's version of the Ojo um, All season long, it was just ESPN Plus, and then now they're playing the games, the playoff games on ESPN. Um, but they're doing a good job. with. The, they have very good broadcasters. I'm very happy with what I've seen so far as far as the playoffs go. So um, just wanted to throw that in there because it's something that's been on my mind.
0: Oh, not like I'd know them, but who are ESPN's broadcasters for hockey?
1: I, I honestly couldn't tell you their names right now. Uh, it's not something I'm remembering, but I, all I know is I I recognize the voices and they're doing a very good job calling games are mm-hmm. interesting. And uh, as far as what you mentioned about superstitions um, in hockey, we have a similar one to what you have in baseball for the no hitters. A goalie's throwing a shutout. You do not say the word shutout. Um, right. And and you had mentioned that the Mets are shutting out the Braves right now.
0: I did. Yeah.
1: So Sixth I'm going to go so I'm trying to throw in it. You said three, nothing. I'm going to say the word shut out. Try and throw a hockey jinx on your, your Mets right now.
0: Well, I'll tell, I'll tell you this, uh, your boy, uh, Matt, well, I should say Fife's boy, actually Matt Olson hit a three run home run in the first game that made the score five, four. And it didn't lead to any runs, but he, he hit a shot to left center field. I'd say that wasn't a bad acquisition so far.
1: Right. And Freddie's Freddie's having a good year over in, in, in with the Dodgers. As far as I know, the Dodgers are doing pretty well. Um, and the Dodgers a Braves, lineup is insane. And as a Braves fan, like I really couldn't be happier. You know, I know we went back and forth on that a little bit, but to see a guy like that who's done so much for the franchise go on and and, and go to a guaranteed winning organization, uh, it's just, to me, I like it. You know, it's sort of like the Flyers trading Giroud to the Panthers, giving them a chance to win the cup. By the way, um, the Penguins just tied it up, 2-2, Rangers-Penguins. Um, so to see uh, – them send them over there to have success, I, you know, it, it doesn't bother me. And to see them bring in a young guy, uh, a younger guy to pass the torch along, uh, you know, I think all in all, it was a pretty good business decision. We'll see how it plays out on the field over the long term.
0: Yeah, I, I'm i not going to say anything bad about the move, because like you said, so far it's been working out pretty g- good for you guys. And to get a guy who's one of the top home run hitters in baseball to replace him. Yeah, I, I, it's not too much I can say about it. I, I always feel there's something to be said about losing the guy who was the heart and soul of your organization for as many years as Freeman has, though. And you guys have a good young team. You got a good young core. You, you love Austin Riley. He's on my fantasy team. I like what he's been doing too. You got a Kuna back and everything. Ozzie Albie's is a defensive beast. Let me tell you that he's made some ridiculous plays in these games. So you guys, you guys got a good team. I just, well, I think it's a shame you guys couldn't keep him, but you got a good replacement. So
1: I hear that, and, and in my experience as a Braves fan, you know we went from Chipper, uh, we transitioned over to Freddie. And then, like you said, my boy uh, on third base now is the new guy. So, that's just – that's how they do it, you know?
0: Mm. You're sticking with that Riley over Acuna, though, huh?
1: It's just that's the guy they're going to – that's going to be the next Chipper Freddy is what I believe.
0: Mm. Because I do think Acuna is a better player, truthfully.
1: I I agree, but I think as far as long-term franchise goes, the guy that they're going to market, the guy who's going to be – you know, the brave, because there's always the brave. Like I said, sure. Chipper to Freddie to Riley. I think that's just the way they're going to go with the organization.
0: Mm. We shall see. I'll tell you this, you guys, every year you manage to put out a really good pitching staff with a lot of guys who most people have never heard of before. Max Freed looked really good last night against the Mets. Kyle Wright looks really good today. Charlie Morton is freaking ageless so you guys got that. And just so you know, we're going back to superstition here. Notice I'm not saying a bad thing about your Braves.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got that. And uh, yeah. honestly, I think that um, I remember back a few years back, maybe even longer when they traded away uh, Kimbrel. That was when I was most disappointed with them.
0: Oh, that was a while back. That was like 2014.
1: That's the, the, last, that's the last move that I hated that they did. Because I felt like they – I believe they traded him for a bat. And um, it just – that's the guy who closes out games for you. That's the guy who wins you extra games. And that bat wasn't going to do it for him. So I really did hate that move when it happened back in the day. But I can't Mm -hmm. sit here and pretend like I've known every move they've made since. I just know that when they made that move, I was quite disappointed.
0: Well, if I'm not mistaken, during the time they traded him, that was kind of during a down period for you guys. So I if you're going through a downtime and you're trying to rebuild, a closer is kind of a vanity piece at that point. If you can get something for him. This is the thought process. I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm just saying this is the thought process. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, I agree with you. And it was definitely during a downtime. But I guess as a fan, in the moment when it happened, you're hoping that – they do something else and still keep that lights out closer on to win you a few, few games that maybe, uh, you wouldn't win without him.
0: Hmm. And I remember the prospect you guys got for him. He didn't really pan out for you guys, but he was pretty highly touted at the time. Matt Whistler.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. Um, like I said, you know, I just didn't see him. Like to me, the closer mm. bro wins you games. That kid wasn't going to win you games.
0: And what you guys wound up trading Whistler off for wound up being a pretty big piece for you guys last year. Adam Duvall, one of the outfielders, who I guess I guess he had been on your team a couple times because you guys traded for him again last season. He was one of the four outfielders you guys brought in that really helped you guys down the stretch after you lost to Kuna and uh, Osuna. So, so I'm going down a little bit of a rabbit hole here. But anyway... Um, does anybody have anything else sports-wise they want to bring in? Dave, um, we're just about done, right? I'm good, my man. All right. Who's looking forward to Doctor Strange this week?
3: I'll be seeing it on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I'm stealing your idea. Me and my mom are going to see it on Thursday.
3: There you go.
0: Yeah. yeah. Fife, you don't really get into the... Um, why. Well, I've lost track if it's Fife or Schmelrose here, but you don't really get into the Marvel movies much, right? <sighs>
1: Uh, Not until they, I don't uh, really go to the movies, Um, Mm. especially, especially since I had a kid, I just don't have time for it, Sure. but um, I wait till they come out on streaming services or things of that nature before I watch them. Like I haven't even gone to see the Batman, which I know isn't uh, necessarily Marvel, but um, Batman's my favorite superhero and I have not seen the Batman yet.
0: You have HBO Max?
1: I do not. Oh, okay, because it's on there now. Yeah, wait even longer. Uh, If I can rent it on Prime, I'll rent it on Prime.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Fair enough. Then I guess that will close it out for us here tonight. Thank you to everybody for listening to us on all our various podcasting outlets, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor. Once again, thank you guys for listening to us no matter how you're listening to us. Let's do some final thoughts here. Dave Hastings.
3: Uh, today would have been Dwayne Haskins' 25th birthday. So, once again, mm-hmm. rest in Other than that, Fife, Schmell Rose, very happy to have you guys two weeks in a row. So, thank you for being here. And, uh, yeah, I'll catch you guys next week.
0: Catch you next week, Dave. And let's, th- let's throw a stay sweaty in there just because Eric can't do it himself right now. So, stay sweaty, everybody. Um, again, I've lost track of who's here right now. So I'm just going to say Eric Pfeiffer.
1: Uh, both of us have the same sentiment and it is let's play hockey.
0: (laughs) There you go. All right, man. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you everybody for listening. I am your host, Mike Aglia Laurel. We will see y'all next week.